Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties. This week, Natalie Klausner of the band Joseph is on the show. Natalie is a longtime friend, a powerful songwriter, and an unmatched performer. Joseph's new album, I'm Alone, No You're Not, comes out August 26th, but you can pre-order that now on their website and get an instant download of their two singles off the record, S.O.S. and White Flag. They sound really great, and you'll be supporting this badass woman. Why wouldn't you do it? If you're listening for the first time, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Bad at Parties, on your mobile device and hear more about our amazing artists. Last week, I mentioned that I'll be playing at the Abbey in Seattle with my band Bears and Other Carnivores on August 9th. Now I can say that we'll also be at the Tractor Tavern, also in Seattle, on the 31st of the month as well. Okay, that's a lot of different things you're scrambling to put into Google, so well, you do that, I'll move right into the conversation. Natalie Klausner. <laughs> Did I do that right? Do you want to try again? Wait, do I? I just you're doing two what? counts of three and then a one. Yeah, two three two counts of three and then a one. We both went to music school. Okay, let's try it. All right, one two three one two three one. one. Yes. Nice. Wow. That was so delayed from my perspective, but you said yes. So I know that from your perspective, you nailed it. And that just tells me we've got a little bit of lag and that's all right because we'll just, we're just going to sync it up and it's going to be great. Okay. It's going to be cool. I hope it's not too bad for you in post. No. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so fine. I mean, like we have to deal with stuff like this all the time. I feel like you guys, I'm sure are recording and every time you're recording, now, I'm sure it's in a much nicer setting, but, like, how many times have you recorded in just the weirdest of places where you're just like, oh. yeah, this is enough. I guess we just need one microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah. It happens more than you'd think. Yeah. Even on, like, really big stages, people are like, oh, three vocals and a guitar, that's going to be really easy. And then they set it up, and it sounds terrible. It's yeah. Like, how? how? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've been I've been lucky in the last few shows that I've seen you. I've definitely been like, oh yeah, everything sounds great, which I expect, especially because it's in Seattle, and so I'm sure that there's like smaller towns that you're touring to, and you're like, okay, like, hello, sound guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad for that too. Yeah, it's good. It's nice to have Seattle and just to be like, oh yeah, I can assume that the sound guy is going to be good. It Even at like small good. venues, like I've yeah. consistently been impressed by the places that we play at. Because people are passionate, Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, and it's only getting better. I, I feel like it's at the point now where I've, I'm seeing the same sound people after like five years of playing around this town and I'm like, oh, well, that's so much better and like... I know that they're good because they've been at the same venue doing the same thing for so long and they've got a lot of respect. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. It's good. But I don't know. Do you feel like Seattle's still home base for you guys or is it moving to more Portland? What do you feel like's home for you right now? Mm, it, that is a crazy question. Um, <laughs> I think that Seattle will always feel like home to me in a lot of ways, no matter where we go. But um, we are, you know, really hubbing out of Portland at the moment because this year is just, I mean, I think the days home are, like, countable on, <laughs> it's hard to say. I don't know how to say this in a 
like hyperbolic way that actually explains like how mm-hmm. I feel about it. It's, yeah. But it's small. It's small. And so um, we are, we kind of, I don't, I don't pay rent anywhere, have really an address. I have everything sent to my parents' house. And um, Chris and I are talking about New York, but it's, it's, who knows? He wants an adventure and, and, and like to go somewhere in his career that is going to be exciting. And so we yeah. are, really it's wherever the wind is going to blow. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. And it's so great that he is just the type of person who's going to say like, yep, I'm down for it. I'm ready to travel or do whatever it is that we need to do. Oh like, my gosh, I let's know. figure it out. Yeah. Good job. He's so good. Good job on that. <laughs> good job, Chris. Yeah. How many days is it until the wedding right now? Oh my gosh. Um, it's on the 13th, so we're on the final countdown here. Jeez, that's so crazy. Um, what's 13 minus 4? 9. 14 minus 4 is 10, so 9. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nine days nine. until I am a wife. Yeah, that's wild. Oh, that's just the craziest man. of things. I'll be there. So Most important thing of the Thank day. Thank you. I'll be there. <laughs> Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. That's tight. I mean, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about the conversation we were going to have is uh, so much of Native Dreamer Kin first album was a, like about Chris. And I feel like so much of this mm. next album yeah, is about Chris, though you and I have talked yeah. less about it, but <laughs> from very different perspectives of that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's, um, it's really interesting. I've, at least for me, like the only, or I guess like the most effective way to write a song is when I'm just feeling something so, so poignantly. Mm-hmm. And the, that relationship makes me feel the most sharp things, you know, of mm. any other human experience. And so, um, yeah, I'm actually like really proud about the songs that just bubbled over about Chris is in my experience for this record. It was like, oh, it's about the idea of committing for life. There's a song like that. There's a song like, wow, like we have a history together, but we have history with other people. And how do you overcome like those feelings of sadness and jealousy in those spaces? And it's like, oh, I have to like focus on the thing that's alive in front of me instead of fixating Mm. on what's already dead, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, so true. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, a lot there that I feel, like, really excited and proud of, like, being able to articulate mm-hmm. the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I, I think, like, the, the interesting thing of that is that you're going to be singing the other songs right next to them when uh-huh. you're traveling around uh-huh. because people still love the songs. They're beautiful. But they're very much, mm-hmm. like, expressing that opposite emotion or that... Or maybe not mm-hmm. opposite, but earlier part of the story. Like, yeah, what do you think that, yeah. that feeling is? Or, like, carrying that around to shows and being like, yeah, I'm... And Chris is out there, and he's listening. And obviously mm-hmm. he's like... I mean, there's I so mean, many times where we're in the crowd, and he's like, yeah. this song's about me, and it's a bad song. And then it's a good song. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this song's about me. And I'm like, you kind of... It's the same. It, it's the same. <laughs> Yep. I mean, he has been known to not to like leave sometimes just because he's, you know, on certain songs. Yeah. And not and 
he's just like, yeah, I can, I don't need to be here in this moment. And not because it's like really painful or anything, but it's just unnecessary. But for me, it's like, I have been thinking about that a lot because, you know, usually what you try to do when you're like performing live music is try to get really, really present with whatever Mm -hmm. you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and get in it like super thick as in it as you can. And then being in it then like translates the song. But for those songs, it's, it's, it's past. Like, for instance, a song called Not Mine is like, it's about grief. And I had that grieving period over that hope that was lost. And I am past that. But what's interesting about songs that I'm realizing is that they're yours and you go through it and it can be very therapeutic. And then once you release them, they're not yours mm-hmm. anymore. Once you release them, you're, you've given it away, and it means any number of things to any number of people. Right. And it's know? giving that freedom so, to your audience to say, like, hey, whether or not I'm in this, in this moment, or in another moment, this is a human experience that we can all relate to, and we can all say, like, mm-hmm. it's not about what's happening right now. It's about saying, like, we all go through these same things, and whatever stage you're in at this yep. exact moment, like, you can feel right. that. And you can also feel this other joy. I, and I think that that's so beautiful to sing both of those songs on stage because that person who is mm. in like the disparity of a lost relationship or a broken relationship, I, I think it's able to, mm-hmm. it gives them the freedom to say, this is just time. This is just like this strange human yep. inability to perceive events outside of time. Like we just have, we can only see things as the present. And so it's like, all right, it's kind of this, mm. this hope or this faith that you get to listen to. Yeah, totally. It's, yeah, you have to, like, provide that experience for people and let it be whatever it's going to be for them. Oh, my gosh. We're getting a third guest on the podcast. No. (laughs) I'm using my mom's computer, and and her phone just rang, and so it rang on her computer, too. No, technology. That's funny. Well, she's a a popular gal. We're going to get a lot of guests on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, man. She's in the middle of planning a wedding right now, so she has a lot, a lot of comings Dude, and Dude, that's so crazy. I mean, how your family, I know, because they've been so supportive. I remember when I was moving to New York, and they let me just, like, crash at their place, both, like, mm. I think, or I guess that you were there, too. I was crashing their place and, like, hanging out with you a little bit on my way out of town. But they've just, I've always felt such welcome from them, and that know that everybody else in this little friend group that we have has felt that, but, like... I think mm-hmm. it's cool to see the way that they've supported you and to hear the conversations between you and Megan and Allie is like you guys talk about going through experiences and like singing these songs and, and talking about them with your family and, and having them get behind you and having them struggle with it with, beside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, we, we couldn't, we, man. It's such a, it really is a privilege to have people supporting us the way that they have. It'd be one thing if they were just like, it could be one massive thing if it was just them saying, hey, leave your things at our house and you don't need to pay rent and like do whatever you can. But they also are there emotionally Mm -hmm. too, you know, when we're like, I just can't do it anymore. I'm whatever breakdown is currently happening. You know, they're the ones saying this is why you'll be okay, and this is what you can do, and this is what 
is going to happen and everything's going to be fine. Like they're, they're everything. Totally. And I think that they do that for not just you. I think that it's so easy to count on them doing that for you guys, because I see them doing that for other people in their lives. And, um, Mm. it's, yeah, it's been astounding to just watch that happen for me and for our friends. And, uh, I just, I can't imagine also having like really, really great parents who've been like so supportive. I can't imagine what it's like to try to pursue an artistic approach like that, or to try to pursue such an alternative lifestyle without some safety net, which I'm going to say our safety nets are astounding. They are staggering the safety nets that we have. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. Like people, there's so much in the, in this like um, creative field and I guess in the music industry in general, it's, it's all very mysterious how people make, it work mm-hmm. and like how people get to wherever they get to. And you always kind of wonder like how, because no two people's story is the same. Yeah. And um, I, I feel the process of like how much we were set up well to do it has really, I made me reconsider things like, Hey, like to every person ever like, Hey, you can do anything like, Hey, shoot for the stars. Like, dream like everything's possible because it's comes from this like very very privileged stance where I had so much handed to me you know totally so it's like it makes me just kind of like be reverent and quiet sometimes just realizing like how much of what has happened we owe to the support system sure and that's not saying like uh don't pursue your dreams like other people it's more it's more of this idea of I'm not going to say that so quickly. I'm not going to just jump in and be like, just sure. do it. Just go for it. You can do anything. Or e- yeah. Yeah. Like, who am I to say right. that? And it's like, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, yeah. I would never be one to say don't pursue your dreams. But but what I mean is, like, recognizing that that so many people have a different starting point that is that is far behind, like, what I was given from the beginning. Right. You know? And that gives you a lot of respect and reverence for the people who have, like, made their own way and anyway. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's so much of that, like, your own way is is really, it's funny because people talk about it in that way. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start making it or I'm going to start getting there. But it's not, and that's really what it is to, to achieve as a musician is not to hit a moment. It's to, like, be able to sustain, <laughs> like, <Totally>. the path. <laughs> you know, it's not mm-hmm. even, like... I want to accomplish X. It's just like, I want to be actively doing this thing and figure out how to actively do that because, um, and Mm -hmm. I think that so many younger kids I see when they're talking about like, I want to do music full time, they have like an end goal where they see themselves like on stage and it's less like vision rather than like, oh man, I really want to figure out how I can afford to play music. And that's really kind Mm. of what it comes down to is, can I yeah, make that? Seriously. Can I make the money work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, it is, a, I love what you just said. There really, I've realized this more and more and more, like there really is no arrival point. Mm-hmm. And at least in my experience with this particular path, and I have a hunch that that's true in other, other fields and other, in just life in general, but it's crazy. I've talked with other friends who are entrepreneurs or whatever, and there are all these little moments that feel like, okay, this was, this was seemed far off at one point and now we, it's behind us and we, it happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
Or let's say like there's a thing that you see from far off and then you finally find out that you're getting it and it feels like really exciting and feels like really um, like, oh my gosh, we're, this is it. Like we've made it. This is all that it is, you know? And then you get to that thing and you do it and then you get to the next day and you're like, oh, I guess I still need to keep trying. Right. It's this funny <laughs> or bit. For, uh... it, yeah, it's this funny bit of materialism that's kind of built into it is it's, it's not about uh-huh. having the thing. It's about striving for the thing. Mm, totally. Matt, Matt Goodwin did the podcast a bit ago and he talked about this book that I've been reading. He said he read it in a day. I'm reading it in more. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Smarty oh, yeah. pants. Uh, he is. And uh, it's by <laughs> Alan Watts. I don't have it around me. I think it's called The Art of Anxiety. Or no, um, The Wisdom of Anxiety. The Art of Anxiety. Not <laughs> Art of Anxiety. I was confined, <laughs> confusing that with the last book I talked about with Tony. But um, Wisdom of Anxiety. And there's this great part that Alan Watts talks about where he's discussing these ideas of of materialism as this idea of you're constantly seeking out something um, whether it's, I want this car, I want this house, I want this wife, I want to have sex with this person, you know, whatever, like, your thing is that you're trying to achieve, when you get it, mm-hmm. you immediately, if not before then, begin worrying about losing it and trying to find something else to start pursuing because yep. we're we're so stuck in this idea of gaining that it's not mm. about having, like, we don't know how to enjoy a present moment. We don't know how to have. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, that's the most true. It's the most true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it is such a practice to like be exactly where you are and like breathe in and out. And like, it's an actual practice that I have been encouraged to do in the few therapy sessions that I've had, which Mm. is like, okay, like get into your body and look around you and feel what you're feeling and just like be in it, you know, because we're, we we are so in our heads and we are so like looking toward the next thing. It's so true. And I feel like it's at least for me and our experience of um, creativity in this way in music, it's like there are so many definable, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, goal, goals. Yeah, there's, there's so many there's definable moments. moments. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so interesting to me, like, which ones mean what to whom, you know, mm. because like to me, um, the biggest, I remember thinking, I actually had this moment. So here's an example. We yeah. were um, in London, which even me saying that there are times in my life where I would have been like, oh, can you imagine? Yeah. Like, can you imagine even going, let alone being there for work? Yeah. Like that isn't, that's amazing, Right. But you're there, and, and I'm still myself. I still have the problems that I have. I'm like, here I am in London, ho-hum. And I am, we're, like, about to play the show, and I'm having all these different, like, feelings and emotions about other things going on in my life. And I get this tweet from this girl named Gia Hughes, and she is like, oh, my gosh, I can't, all my favorite people are there tonight. I, I wish that I was there. And I, I ended up seeing her a couple of days ago and getting to tell her this, but it hit me in that moment because mm. Gia Hughes runs, um, books, the hotel cafe in yeah. LA. And I remember like for so long, like years, like probably three or four years when I very, very first started doing music thinking if I could just play the hotel cafe. Absolutely. Like, I remember you saying goal. that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Like that is, that is the moment that I'm waiting for. That's going to be this point of arrival. Like, and in that moment, I was in London with all of these like great people getting tweeted at in a friendly way from Gia. And I was just like smiled to myself of like, whoa, kind of like that was the thing for me that meant right. that moment of arrival. And here I am like even further beyond that. Right. And you and have it's... to have those moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny because it's such a kind of dualistic thing. Like evolutionarily, like that's the thing that kept your ancestors alive is this like you huh. wake up, you get food, and then while you're still eating your food, you're thinking about how you're going to get your next meal. And that's how they survive because they didn't say, great, I got food, time to hibernate, and then realize like, right. oh, no, I'm starving. <laughs> I don't have the energy to eat. Like this is why yeah. we get to exist because that, that desire mm-hmm. and striving evolved. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like, no, no, I can eat Big Macs every single day. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it makes it so hard for us to just say, like, be in a moment and just be like, wow, I'm not even going to try to talk about this. I'm not even going to try to think about how great this moment is because I just want to be actively experiencing it. And I saw you mm. guys, I think that moment when I was watching on my television, my friends, when I was watching you guys play on uh, the Fallon show and you guys played uh, Burn the White Flag and it was just, Mm. oh my gosh. Like there there was just this moment where all three of you just had your eyes closed for one moment and you were playing and I was like, yes, I hope Mm. that they're just feeling it. I hope that they're not Mm. thinking about what they're going to do after or what they're going to do next. And I was sure that you weren't because you were mm-hmm. just 100% present in that moment. And I think you guys yeah. were able to do that because you've worked on doing that in other places. And, mm. and when you can do that when you're walking down the street or when you're, you know, paying your bills, then you can do it when you're having an amazing experience. <laughs> like, That's it doesn't, good. it's not this like, oh, once I've achieved X, then I'll be present. It's like, be present right. now, and then you can be present then. Well, I think what was unique about that moment in particular, because honestly, that's that really means a lot to you say that, because I that was the most that was like maybe the most present I've ever felt like in my whole life, hmm. because it was there is something like totally transcendent and also totally like physical and real and tangible about that experience, because like you have this understanding and knowledge of how much it means, you know, at least to us in that moment, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you have that, like, you're very, very, very aware of that, of the meaning of it, like, while you're in it, and at the same time, you, like, are carrying out the thing with your hands and your voice and everything, and, um, it, you know, like, I think in performance, and I've realized, like, in the rest of my life, I really struggle against um, this bird's eye view of myself, and kind of like watching myself interact with other people and and constantly trying to understand how and control how people are perceiving me. Yeah. And totally. that has led me into a lot of pain and a lot of anxiety as as I realize like I really can't do that. And and I've like you know, the way that I've operated just won't work like that anymore and I've chosen a profession that basically <laughs> you know, like breaks it'll, the capacity it, it has for my brain to do that. It moments that allow you in the public a little bit. 
you, you get noticed. <laughs> you, you're aware of people's opinions, I'm sure. Yeah, just occasionally I do something that, re- that demands and opens and invites to feedback. Yeah. So, yeah, um, <laughs> so it's, it has been like kind of breaking me. And I, this year I've had to really face that. And that was literally like the pinnacle of how worried and anxious I, I or we could have been about what people mm. would think about us, you know, because... Sure. Our, we have like our team, like our label and our management and our pub- publicist and everyone who's investing in us and laying their necks on the line for us um, who wants us to do a good job. We have like our family and friends who wants us to do a good job. We have people who have been in it for a, a long time, like from the beginning, who want us to do a jo- good job. Like, And then we have like the insane like international audience, right? And yeah. so the pressure... It was so weird what had to happen in in our brains to just like like un unhinge that you know and to say totally. it doesn't even matter. All I can do is stand on this stage right now and like sing about the fact that everybody's scared right now and let's fucking burn it down. <laughs> sure, absolutely. You know, <laughs> and, and toast. Just just smolders. Killed it. <laughs> just you. charred devastation. It was awful. Because it was so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. And I, I think that that idea that you're talking about, too, though, like, that moment of, like, things having the most opportunity to, to break through a wall is also the moment where you are the m- most susceptible to failure. And uh-huh. it's funny. It's, like, this desire and this fear. Like, you get to that thing where... Again, like that evolutionary brain. I was listening to uh, Pete Holmes's podcast a while back, and he does one with so Elizabeth good. Gilbert, who wrote mm. um, Eat, Pray, Love. She's yeah. so cool. And mm-hmm. she was talking about this idea of fear as, again, that evolutionary thing that kept your ancestors alive. And it hits you at this moment where you're trying to speak on stage, and it's telling you, it's screaming at you like, the the opportunity for failure is large. Get out of here. Fight or flight. <laughs> run away. And she's mm-hmm. like, I take that fear and I look at it and I say, thank you for keeping me alive so many times <laughs> in unpleasant situations. Right now, nothing bad <laughs> like that is going to happen. I don't need that right now. But right. thank you for keeping me alive. And so she's mm-hmm. like greeting her fear and thanking it and, and accepting it. And then letting it pass through to the other side. I feel like that's what any person who is hitting a moment where they have to perform, be it musically or artistically, or because they work at a high demand job, or because, you know, they want to ask somebody attractive out, like you hit that moment and that feeling hits you and you just Mm. say, all right, I accept that feeling, that fear, and I let it move through me. And it's, and it's beautiful. That moment that those endorphins, they kick in, it's it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, ooh, man, it is. It's high risk, though. It's yeah, funny it's that you risk. bring, it's funny that you bring up that particular quote because Chris, my fiance, for another mm-hmm. nine days, is um, a huge Pete Holmes fan and has discussed that um, particular episode a lot. And then, oh, really? Then um, Rob Bell ended up having Elizabeth oh, Gilbert yeah. on his show and they were discussing this very thing. And, and Rob had, like, said his take on it. <laughs> this is great. He said, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, fear wants to, t- like, talk to me and talk me down off the ledge and say, like, in a, in a bad way. And say, mm-hmm. like, 
you know that the worst could happen. You know that all of your worst fears could come true if you do this. Mm -hmm. You know that it could be this, that, and the other. And Rob says, and I like to look at fear. I like to look right back at him with a crazy look in my eye and say, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're just quoting podcasts on the podcast. Just a podcast about podcasts. (laughs) That's fine. We live in a quoting environment. Oh man, he's. I have used that so much though. Yeah, and that's good. I've literally done that. (laughs) Good. And also, that's a great. I really like your Rob Bell voice. It wasn't an impersonation, but you shifted. Like, (laughs) it it took a different note. Yep, yep. I was trying to take on his, um, you know, very cool, cool as a cucumber narrator voice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Crawl inside his skin for a moment. Yep. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's so good. I, um, yeah. I really do like that podcast. I'm not going to lie. Chris and I have talked about it a bit, and I'm now wondering, mm-hmm. I think um, equally amazing friend for us, but drummer in my band, Aaron, actually is the one who introduced it. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's been listening to that thing for, for fucking ever. Just like yeah. <laughs> every time I'm like, have you listened to this episode? He's like, yeah, of course. Of course I've listened to that one. <laughs> like, man, come on. Have you thought about this? He's like, do you hear that on Pete Holmes? Come on. <laughs> I think that that's one of those things that I I am always afraid of, or like I'm always blown away by, um, is people who can remember stuff really well or remember conversations. And like the way you articulated that Rob Bell quote, and I'm sure that you've talked about that before, but just like that's one of those things that like scares me coming into the podcast or into like playing music mm. um, is just like, what if I forget? What if I mm. can't remember the person's name or, like, how it went or if I don't know the punchline to the joke, you know? I think that oh, that is, like, man. always my biggest fear is, like, what if I my brain just doesn't have it and it oh does, my gosh. I just don't remember? Okay, I have, a, I have a story because that is me, too. And yeah. it is a weird thing. We, this, like, this particular... Um, Endeavor is very, very relational and very community. There's so, you just meet so many people. You meet so many people. Sure. And you're playing and with your family. You're literally like out there with your blood relatives. Totally, totally. Um, yep. So we are at this event at, and for our management company, and we haven't really. Well, there's just like so many people that like are part of the business in so many different ways. There's seriously so many music industry jobs. By the way, I'm realizing. I never knew mm-hmm. before. Like, everyone thinks the industry is, like, crashing and burning. But seriously, there are a lot of people making this thing move, and they're really amazing. But um, oh. I – so we were at this event, and I and I notice from across the room, um, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, that is Frank from High Road Touring. I'm so happy that I remember that. I'm so happy I know, and mm-hmm. I met him recently, and I know he owns the company, and – I'm like, that's awesome. I'm totally going to follow up and say hi. So he comes over, and we're in the middle of a conversation with someone else, and he just kind of says to everyone, like, hi, hi, I don't want to interrupt, and hi. And I go, oh, hi, Frank, good to see you. And everyone just kind of, like, pauses for a minute. There's this moment of terrible, gut-wrenching silence, and then everyone continues. And I look at Kevin, my manager, I go, that wasn't Frank Riley, was it? Oh, no. And then, get this, Kevin says, no, that was Elliot Groffman, your lawyer. 
Oh, who's no. like one of the like key people on our team. Like seriously, like he's one of the people on our team that gets like a percentage of like all our income. So I should, you know, like I've met Elliot on numerous occasions. Like yeah. they look somewhat similar, but not really. Oh my, I had the dumb chills for weeks. I mean, now I'm bringing it up and I'm just like cringing, imagining that moment. I did go up to him afterward and I said, Elliot, I'm such an idiot. I'm so sorry. We just saw Frank, you know, but still like nothing really like, uh, nothing makes up Dude, for that. I, I have totally done that, like music <laughs> stuff. I remember like your, the, your butt, here's me forgetting names, your uh, guy who helped you it. record uh, Native Dreamer Kin. Yeah, Andrew. Um, Andrew, so that's why I confused it, is <laughs> he looks a lot like Andrew Vait, who is yes, they in the do. band's sisters. They oh look so gosh, much alike. Oh, they do. They met recently. And so, yeah. Oh, really? That's, I was there yes, for it, and perfect. it was like very Twilight zone That's so funny. I've thought of it a bunch. <laughs> and so I saw him, I saw Andrew Vait at cathedrals, but I hadn't really, I'd met him like kind of once, like we just really sure. briefly met. Whereas I met Andrew, who recorded with you. What's his Stone last name? Street. Stone Street. Stone Street? Yeah. yeah. So Andrew Stone Street. I met him like a bunch of times and like hung out with him while I was hanging out with you. And I thought it was him at this cathedral's event that was happening here in Seattle at uh, St. Mark's that oh the Fremont gosh. Abbey was putting on. And I was like, oh, Andrew. And I just came up and I gave him a side hug because you know it's me. And Andrew. <laughs> and so Andrew Vate of... Sisters is like, well, he's got my name right, so he must know it's me. And he kind (laughs) of gives me this look, and he's like, hey, man, what's up? (laughs) And I've since had much better interactions, but I always want to be like, no, no. I thought you were Andrew. But now I know that he knows the other Andrew. And next time I see him, I can't wait to awkwardly stumble through that story. And come out on the other side <laughs> with a better story about how I awkwardly embarrassed myself in front uh, of him. But you know what's funny is that sometimes you go through that vulnerable moment and you're like, this is what I did. I'm an idiot. And they don't, like, reciprocate that moment. You know? Like, it doesn't, yeah. like, land. And then you're just left holding your awkwardness forever. And you just kind of have to deal with yourself whenever it comes up and just be like, yeah, that was idiotic, but you're okay. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I was um, I was thinking about this the other day, this the strangeness of, like, of a shameful memory like that. Like, mm-hmm. I was sitting in bed the other day, as I often do, and <laughs> I was thinking back to just, like, some random nothing, some random tiny little thing where I said something kind of stupid. Oh, I was hanging out with some friends, and, like, there were two couples... And I made a joke about one, like two of them, and one of them was like, oh, no, I'm not married to that person. They're married to that person. Like, I just really quickly, like, oh, mixed no. up who was married to oh, who. No. And, like, oh, no. people I know. Like, and I was like, oh, well. But, like, I thought about it, and, like, I'm, like, trying to go to sleep, and my body got hot, and I was yes. fully awake. And I was like, what, what's the point of that? Uh, what is the point of this what feeling? What is the point of that and, feeling? Right. It's like this thing where your brain is thinking, maybe always, I can go back in time. Yeah, it and looks at it. the past like it's the future oh and thinks God. I'll be able to correct that next time. That's not going to happen again. Ah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> let it go. I, it always happens in bed too. Go. It always happens right yeah. before you fall asleep and you can't sleep because you're going over all the stupid things that you said in the past year. Yeah. Just me or... or? Or anyone that, else. That's me. That's, that's okay. 100% me. That's why we stay up late. That's why we're that's on our phones. That's why we're watching television because we don't want to feel feelings. Trying to distract ourselves. Yep. 
why we're doing it. Oh, brutal. I don't have yeah. anything profound to say about that, unfortunately. So no, anyone listening okay. to this podcast is just like, yeah, so tell us, how do you how do you move on? Nope, no idea. No, this is not no an idea. advice podcast. <laughs> okay. This is 100% like a we're also broken people podcast. Oof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Just, uh... Hair the, off. Not help. Not sell, Not a help thing. Just a, <laughs> okay. So At fun. least I'm not alone thing. Yeah. It's a totally. not lonely podcast. Oh, good. Well, that's why I make songs too, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, actually, that is a bit, that's like a big ongoing conversation is the like, why the art form? Like I get, I mm-hmm. think that a big part of getting into playing music or if someone's painting or if someone's taking pictures is in initially usually because you did it, it feels fun to play or feels fun, or let's just call it play like games. Like it feels fun Mm. to play whatever art you're doing. And then you enjoy the emotional reciprocity that you get when other people experience it with you. And you love the, the praise that you get from other people's, but eventually that has to reach a moment where it's not enough. I mean, you're at a point where you're saying, I'm going to do this Hmm. big time you know <laughs> like yeah. why like what is the driving factor inside yourself that says like yep music I mean I know that you're someone who who like is one of the few people I know who actually can read poetry and knows how to like find <laughs> a, a poet and read it and like I say that because it is a real skill and and I could totally see you as coming to a place where you're like no no poetry but you've chosen music hmm thank you Oh, it's so many things. Oh my gosh. I mean, really the ult- ultimately what keeps it going is is like okay, I'll give you an example. So, um we are in Germany like a couple of weeks ago at this tiny tiny little town um called Nuremberg and Oh man, this girl, and she had tweeted at us before a different Germany show, and I had said like we'd be at the merch table afterward, and we ended up not making it to the merch table afterward, and she tweeted back and was like, oh, I'm so disappointed. Anyway, and then, um, anyway, so she she came to this other show that in this tiny town, and she drove really far to be there, and Whoa. yeah, and she came up after the show, and not like actively crying, but just like definitely like emotional and just kind of kept reiterating like, thank you for being here. Like your songs mean everything to me. They've gotten me through Hmm. this time. Like, could you write on the back of my jean jacket, burn up the despair that's been sinking me, which I love because um, we didn't Hmm. even like write that lyric. That's an Andrew Stone Street lyric, but um, it's, it's seriously, oh, that feeling, that feeling of like, oh, something that we did, like something that was true for me and or Megan or Allie um, that we said like was true for someone else. And it really is to me like one of the least alone feelings that you can have in this planet because You're just being honest about the thing that you think. And then someone else says, me too. And Mm. it's really, that is what it is. That's what, that's why. That's why I, ugh. I mean, there's just like the payoff is, it's crazy. Like 
it's nice. Like, I don't know about you, but when I get a compliment, it like warms me and it blo- it like is really sweet for about a day. And then I start thinking the bad things about myself more, you know, sure. like that's all it is. So mm-hmm. it's, the praise is obviously amazing, but that feeling of like, oh, I'm not the only person who feels this way is so lasting. And so like, it, I'm so hungry for it all the time. You know, Mm, I love that. And I love that idea of the least alone, because it's not about like, I want to surround myself with people or it's not about Uh like, I want to have people saying X or Y. It's Mm -hmm. like, I want to feel the lack of aloneness. And I I totally Mm -hmm. understand what you mean by that. Mm -hmm. I think that that's beautifully put. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That really is what it is, because I it's funny because like from the outside with something like this, it really I think people have told me it looks like arrival and it looks like glamour and it looks like fun and, and awesome and big. And while it definitely has elements of that, and I'm not here to be like boohoo my life by any means, like it is just, it is exhausting and it is like tiring emotionally. Cause the off, the other side of that is like when you are trying to say your most true thing so that it may, maybe someone else would feel me too. Like that process of how you say that thing and like, are we representing this the best? The creative process, as you know, is like, you know, you're signing up for pain and struggle and fear and worry totally. and like self-battering and all of these totally. things. You're saying, I want to be the prophet. I want to go into the desert and experience the pain <laughs> and then come back on the outside and tell people what's out oh, there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, I had, I had a friend like point out to me the other day, like, just so you know, like you're tired for a reason and like you haven't the payback isn't like you know like it really is just this deeper feeling at the moment you know and so Mm -hmm. it's um I but I feel very incredibly like blown away lucky and and privileged to like get have something like that you know because I feel like that also is like very very jackpot-ish you know so Mm -hmm. yeah and I I think I've been talking a little bit, it's come up a bunch of times on the podcast, but I've also been like talking about it with people outside because this idea come, keeps on coming up of like, what is the value of the music or what is the value of the art that we're creating? And I think that when it comes to that, it's saying like that, uh, I am also the same as you to your audience. Not saying like, look how great my life is. Mm. Look how clean and pretty it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that desire to say like, yes, there are moments like that now let me show you how I'm the same as you. Mm. Like beautiful pictures, beautiful sounds. I'm the same as you. I'm not better. We're equals. And that's when the audience becomes an important thing. It's when they start to matter is when, and I think you and your sisters do this so beautifully, is you uh, say we're all in this moment the same. Like the Mm. audience and the performer is one creation that is existing in a mutual Mm. space. Wow. Yeah. And Mm. yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's sex and that's what it is. And like, you're all just like one body that is as a result of that. Well, it's connect. Yeah. It's connection. It's feeling connected to something mm -hmm. and feel like you are truly like with another Mm -hmm. entity or person and you're seen and you're, and you're, you're seeing, you know, Right. Yeah. And I think something that you guys do great is that that moment of like, go out to the crowd, go out afterwards, Mm. talk with people. And I think that pleasantly, 
I think I think that you're pretty extroverted. I feel like that you've yep. you've said this to me before. I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a pretty big thing. Um, but that you have that big desire, you have that energy to after the show be like, now I want to go be with people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I feel very true with myself, even though like I know myself to be an introverted person to a heart, like a very strong eye. I still have that big desire. Like as soon as I'm done playing, I I have this moment where I'm like, first, A, that's how you do it, motherfucker. And then I think, <laughs> yes. oh man, I can't wait to go out. And not so people can compliment me because I want to like, I want the conversation to happen like, hey, you gave me this song. Here's what I think. Like, I want to mm. hear the 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 kind of, like, rather than mirror back to me what I said, I want to see what's on the other side of the glass. Yeah, totally. And that's what the listener provides. Mm. Yeah, that moment is amazing. It really is. I. It makes me think that I only ever want, like, doing the shows where there's, like, 3,000, 5,000 people, you don't really get to do that, you know? Yeah. And to me, yeah. like, that experience of, of just, like, it can be really lonely without it, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. I think that nobody I see is doing a more beautiful version of it, like, right than, like, David Bazan. And I know he is mm. not, like, your your stereotypical happy person by any means, but <laughs> I think, like, he's living truly and he is creating the, what you said, like, the least alone thing Basically, as he's going and he's doing these house shows and he's been doing it for a long time. And they're not the highest paying thing. They're consistently paying. I think that he's able to make uh, an acceptable living. I think that it's probably hard because I was just, you know, I was doing the math the other day and I was like, I'm not in any way or shape or form like an achieved like business person. Like I have a full time job, but like um, I think about what it would be like to try to make the salary I'm making as a musician. And I was like, holy shit, that would be so, so hard. And I think that he's probably doing that, but he's, it's probably like he's working way harder than I am Mm. putting out way more. And he is probably like, he's a vastly more talented person and he's making probably what I'm making. I don't know that he's making more than that doing those because he's committed to these intimate house shows where he can have conversations throughout his set. Yeah, totally. He's, he's staying, he's sticking to his guns on that connection, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the, the runway to, from like starting and like, let's, let's sing songs to like, Oh, I'm making, I'm making enough money to, to buy myself a meal, you know, like <laughs> is a lot longer <laughs> That's the, than, the meal. Uh-huh. than you would think. It's a lot longer runway than you think. Um, this is really okay. crazy. Like we hired our managers, um, I guess it's been almost two years ago now, and we still have never paid them. Like it is a very long game for, sure, for people in the music industry. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think for all of us, we're like fairly fatigued about the like awareness and everything. And it's a, in some other ways like just beginning. So it's it's a really yeah. it's a crazy thing. Like the you really do need that feeling of like this matters in order to like keep doing it because it, it, there isn't a lot of like um, tangible other reward at least for most of the time I mean like for someone like James Bay it's like finally working but he 
busted his totally. butt like to get to yeah. where he is, you know? He hasn't stopped. You think you get a hat that big just by walking on stage the first time? <laughs> it takes a lot of time to get a hat that big. You have to work hard for that hat. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's so true. Like, he's definitely, it's paying off. And if the people who have invested in him, it's paying off. But those people, I think about this, I try to think about this as much as possible. Whenever you're interacting with those people who are not the performer, you know, there are all those other careers that are in the music industry or in any other art industry that are so necessary to keep the 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 scene alive. Mm-hmm. And you just have to say like, oh man, you, there can be, it can be so easy to be like, oh, this venue owner, they're such a rich asshole. They're just like working it for as much money as they can. Sure. And I, I think it's easy to think that in a moment or, and maybe sometimes you're right. I'm sure that there are assholes out there. I've met one or two assholes in my life. I'll say <laughs> it. But uh-huh. like there are like, these are the people who have invested so much, so much time. You don't know the full picture. You don't yeah. know the full story. And I think it's so easy to just be like, I had a weird inexperience where they said one thing funny to me. And instead just be like, well, what questions did you ask them about their life, mm. you know? Like, next time you go out, next time you have a sound guy, mm-hmm. like, take a moment when he's not trying to rap all the chords and just be like, hey, how's your day? Like, what else mm. is going on? Totally. How'd you get here? Everybody's you know? like, got a reason. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a reason. They've invested. They're trying to accomplish something. They're trying to back up these other people. They believe in you, and they're investing as well. You just don't maybe see it as readily. Totally. Yeah. I know that you have to get going because you, as you've said, are getting married and you're going <laughs> to go pick Chris up from the airport. Yes, I am. Cool. I don't know what time you need to get going, so I just want to be conscious of that. Oh, thank you. I have another like five minutes cool. or so. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. I can probably talk to you for five minutes. I mean, if you can. <laughs> I won't, I yeah. won't force you either. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, man... Let's talk about that. You're one of my best friends, and you're gone all the time, yeah. and that's hard for you because I'm such a great person, it's and true. it's hard to be away from me so much. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be away from me. I know. Um, it's extremely hard, and I don't yeah. mean that sarcastically. No, I know. And I think, like, in just setting up this podcast, you're going to be heading out um, because at the end of the month, is it the 28th of August that uh, I'm alone? No, you're not. Drops? Uh, it's on the 26th. Yeah. So. 26th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be buying it late. <laughs> yeah. So it's coming out soon. And then you're like, the moment it drops or probably even the day before it drops or something like that, you're heading out for tour like right away. Correct? Yeah. It's, yeah. We'll do, um, yeah. we're doing one more TV thing that week that isn't announced yet. We'll announce that really soon. And then we're doing... Like, um, this podcast comes out on Monday. The what day is that? Oh, make sure I don't hang up. up on you. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's okay. well, oh, it's Monday the 8th. I'm cool. I know that. Is it, I'm not sure when we're, I'm that? not sure when we're announcing, but well, well, I was trying to push you to promote. I, things. <laughs> I know, I, I totally, I totally would. Um, but we're doing cool. one other thing, and then yeah, we're, we, it's, we, it's funny, yeah. Pretty pretty soon after that, we're leaving for three months, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy because you just got back from your Europe tour. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to take a quick break to get married. Yep. <laughs> just a quick second. And do you want to announce where that location is on this podcast? 
No. Just the coordinates so people can show up. Yeah, just the longitude and the latitude. <laughs> Only people with GPS systems may come. Oh, I love Old it. Old GPS systems. <laughs> oh, I know. Don't I don't know why I said coordinates. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't even know yeah. how to look we up something on We put them out on the wedding invites, Andy. You should know how to get there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. No, but you're going to be gone for three months after being gone for a long time. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, do you, how's that feeling, like, coming up to it? I mean, exactly what you would think. I think I think we all this is definitely the biggest the biggest chunk of time after like feeling like it's been the biggest chunk of time and um you know, it's all really good things and we've thought through like you know, thoughts about how to how to frame it in our minds. Like it's not all one thing. Like part of it is more dates with James Bay and that's like always a gift and one of the cooler things about that is that mm. we're going to um be actually traveling on their tour bus with them which is like whoa talk oh, about arrival i'm I mean, really excited about that that's huge you also don't take up very much room which is nice <laughs> yeah totally so we're gonna like y- yep. do bunks which means that i we don't have to do any of the driving or whatever we just kind of mm. get there which i've or never stupid done before hotels or something oh, yeah we that's exactly so we don't have to like buy any hotels or whatever so that is going to be a game changer, I think. Um, and then, yeah, we'll do the headlining shows, which are always, like, the more stressful, but also the most delightful, too. Like, the payoff, you know, more payoff, more headache, all the things. And then the, after that, we get to support a guy who I am now totally obsessed with called Michael Kiwanuka, who is a guy from England. And I think that's going to be really cool. soul-filling because his music is just very heartening. Um, that's awesome. Did you reach out to him or did he reach out to you? He, so it was our management because he opened I'm, up. I mean, that's the real question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which management company you, reached totally. out to which management Well, I think company. how it worked is yeah. that Michael, so our, my manager, Kevin, also manages the Alabama Shakes. So Michael Kiwanuka opened up for the Alabama Shakes. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think he's like returning the favor by having us out which is really, really cool. nice. Um, and he's also just, like, yeah. a really sweet guy. So I am I think we'll make it, honestly. It's definitely feels a bit daunting, just the timing of it all. But it also is like, man, what in the world? Sleep when you're dead, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's it's one quarter of school. That's I think amazing. It's a, a single season. Yeah. It's small. It's It'll be over and before we, you know like, it. And we get to it's do it. Less than a hundred days. Yeah, we get to do it, and it, it's I, it feels funny like publicly saying like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so nervous, I'm so scared," you know, because it is it's my dream. You know, we're doing our dream. It's so totally it's so incredible. I'm grateful. Totally, I get that. I think that there is kind of that like public feeling of you're not allowed to feel human emotions. And um, yeah, fuck that. You're allowed to feel human emotions. Wow, thank you. You're allowed to take a shit before tour. Thank you. It's cool. I'm glad I have your permission because I was really struggling there for a while. Well, I am a man. Oh, man. Just waiting for my instructions. I know, finally getting married, finally going to know what to do with your life. I hope Chris keeps letting you tour. Yeah, we'll see. How, let's, you know, let's the iron hand fall. <laughs> Jeez, shit. Get that out of my face. Oh, I love it. Well, Boom. thanks, Andy. Well, dude, 
Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the podcast and talking. Yeah. I'm really excited to get to hang out with you next weekend. I know. Uh, ah, best party. It's going to be tight. I can't wait. Thanks for having me. It's going to be the biggest thing that happens the whole weekend. <laughs> Us hanging out. Not the wedding. Us hanging out. <laughs> You're great. All right. All right. I'll catch you later, kid. Okay. Drive safely. Go get your husband uh, or oh, fiance. Oh, my almost. God. Husband, so Hus- soon. soon. <gasps> that made my heart skip. Your soon's bent. <laughs> and uh, get my soon give bend. him a kiss for me. Okay. All right. All right. Cheers. Cheers.